This is the episode that everyone has been waiting for. What will this coming winter be like? Host Andre and guest Scott Sable get weather nerdy. Today on Weather Jazz. 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 Welcome to Weather Jazz. What a pattern shift. What a total shift in mindset. Oh my, oh my. And we have a brand new month on top of that. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and a whole lot more. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Burning here. And I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 574, a much anticipated episode. And today is, in fact, a brand new month, and it's Wednesday. Midpoint of the week, Wednesday, November 1, 2023. Now, of course, we knew this pattern shift was coming. We knew that we would get into a whole different mindset when we woke up this morning, knowing full well that most areas would wake up to a coating of snow at the very least. And in some cases, we woke up to several inches of snow. And it does seem rather appropriate that it occurs with the flip of a calendar, probably no more than an hour or two inside the brand new month, that the atmosphere started shaking some of the white stuff. And in some cases, even before that calendar flip occurred, just as a for instance, we here in Geauga County saw flashes of lightning up to the north. At first, I thought it was maybe just my eyes playing tricks on me last night just before we all went to bed. But I looked at radar, and sure enough, there was a band of heavy snow, thunder snow, in Lake County. And some of the webcammers, the ODOT webcams, especially in Lake County, verified the fact that it was coming down. Not only was it coming down, but accumulating on the roadways near the very notorious area of Interstate 90, and State Route 44, just north of Chardon. So that spread south, and much of the area woke up this morning after seeing bare ground going to bed and waking up to the winter wonderland this morning. Well, arguably, this is, in fact, the most downloaded episode of the year in most years. And that's for a very good reason. Most people really do like seasonal forecasting, especially the kind of seasonal forecasting that looks ahead to winter. So many of us just love to plan for winter. How much snow? How much cold? Where will the snow be? When will the snow be? 
especially for winter weather enthusiasts like snowmobilers, cross-country skiers, downhill skiers. And conversely, those people who simply have a tough time with dealing with winter. That is exactly why the Old Farmer's Almanac is so popular every year when they come out with their winter forecast. Now, what we do in the Fox 8 Weather Office, beginning in early September, right around September 1st, we start looking at different parameters and we start assembling the pieces, parts of the puzzle that help us to navigate what kind of flavor the winter will have in store for us. Now, many times those cues are very good, while other times, certainly, they're very challenging. Last year, admittedly, we thought we would be at or even slightly above normal snowfall, and we were well below. The snowfall that we received a day or two before Christmas and that Arctic blast that certainly was very memorable that we covered in the last episode, episode number 573, was the precursor for the rest of the winter, but that was not to be. We ended up with right around 22 inches, well below the 30-year average of 60 inches. So, can we expect more of the same heading into the winter of 2023-2024? Could it be that we'll see the ninth winter consecutive with at or below normal snowfall? Statistically, that shouldn't happen. However, as we all know, the atmosphere does not pay attention to statistics. It will do what it will do, right? However, that still does not prevent us from looking at all the parameters and trying to get a good handle on what the winter may throw our way. So without further delay, let's get into the conversation that I had with meteorologist Scott Sable our morning meteorologist at WJW Television, someone who keeps a very close eye on long-range parameters, and we talk about those parameters. Get ready. We get weather nerdy in our expanded winter weather outlook. Here we go. Hey, Scott, welcome back to Weather Jazz. Thank you very much, Andre. Good to be back. This, this one, now we, we talked about last winter on Monday, but this is the one that people are really, really interested. I wanted to whet everybody's appetite on Monday, not to prolong everybody's interest in the winter weather, but to understand, first of all, what we look at, what went right, what went wrong, in hopes that people understand what goes into a seasonal forecast. It's uh, not cut and dry. It's not your... Partly cloudy tomorrow with a chance of right. showers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't do that day to day. Some people try, and uh, th- that always comes out with mixed results. But what we try to do is to predict the flavor of the winter. This one, is, like they all are, right, Scott? They're all right. unique. They're Very all unique. unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one has some unique problems. That we had to really look at. I mean, we were all scratching our heads when we started this process. Thought we were going in a particular direction in September. And and by October 1st, we we went, "Uh uh-oh. Okay. So let's put all of the building blocks together. And let's start with 
the fact that this year we don't have La Nina. Very true. We don't have a La Nina. And, uh, you know, as quickly as that La Nina developed three years ago, it hung around for three years. And then it started dissipating at the end of last Mm -hmm. winter, which we were kind of, you and I were talking, you know, it was about, what, February, March, earlier this year. It's like, okay, maybe this is going to be an El Nino heading into next year. And and that's what we have. And it came on pretty quick over the last, what, three to five months. Um, What's interesting about El Nino is that there are different flavors of El Nino, you have your Eastern Basin El Nino. You have three three that I know of. A center-based El Nino, which can be almost a, a basin-wide El Nino, center and then east. And then the Madoki, which is separate from a center-based El Nino, when you have the warmth centered near 180 degrees near the international dateline in the Little East. And then you have cooler water flanking it. Um, sometimes people get the Madoki in center. You know, they, 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 they talk about them as being one of the same, and that's not necessarily true. No. Um, That's right. But um, yeah, so you have these different types of El Nino and watching this El Nino build after we've already had the atmosphere primed with a La Nina has been very interesting because you have the water temperatures that have been warming. I mean, significant warming. You're having this, um, um, you know, you have these, uh, these, uh, you know, a lot of the the, the warmth, which kind of comes up from from underneath and you have the, the turning over the Atlantic or the Pacific rather. And you kind of you can kind of see the mechanism and everything kind of building, um, you know, and there's different parameters that you can look at the ONI, the ocean Nina index, but the one that, <clears throat> um, that some people talk about is the MEI, which is taking into account how the atmosphere is responding to what's happening in the oceans. And the MEI is still lagging behind a little bit. It's still showing El Nino, but it hasn't, at least as of us talking here, shown this, you know, this blast furnace El Nino that a lot of people are talking about. So that's one of the things that we are looking at here because there's a there's a somewhat of a disconnect right now between what the oceans are doing and how the mm. atmosphere is responding. So that's the one thing that had us scratching our heads, you know, over the last month or so. Um, when you do have an El Nino, uh, there's more propensity for sudden stratospheric warming events, meaning meaning the pressure pattern over the the Arctic has a tendency to become more unstable. You get those. Uh, you get those polar vortex, you know, we, you heard about them 10 years ago. They, you know, they break off and then they come in, um, you know, whether they impact Europe or, or, or the, uh, or, or North America, they have a tendency to become more frequent during El Nino's versus La Nina's. The other element too is that low pressure over the Aleutian Islands also becomes more favorable during an El Nino. So a couple of things we're watching even right now. Um, you know, the issue, course that, that we've been talking about is that this El Nino seems to be more of a broad-based, you know, it's a lot of warming along the, along the Pacific and you had a lot of warming too in the Atlantic as well. So there's some conflicting signals here and it's mm-hmm. very difficult to try to find a year, you know, you talk about finding analog years that best fits because there's never one, there's never no. two or three. No, I mean, you have to find the best one. You try to find exactly and then and then kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. You know, use that maybe as a as a framework, but sometimes your framework changes. So there have been a lot of conflicting um um or how shall I say still question marks as to how strong this is going to get and whether mm-hmm. or not it lines up. There there's also a, an interesting thing going on with the El Nino this year. I mentioned it um, on Friday, when we did our uh, winter weather outlook, did you like my pronunciation of uh, Madoki? By oh, the way, no, I did. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you mentioned when it came out of my mouth. I, I mentioned it to my professor, 
uh, General, Dr. Gerdaleo, um, and he thought it was a, a great presentation. But I said, when you hear me ma- mention Medico, I, I wasn't thinking of Miko, the, the disco king of the 1970s. When it came out of my mouth, I thought it was like fingernails on a chalkboard. Yeah. And I thought, do I go back and correct myself or do it just plow through? I thought, yeah, you know, 90, 90% of you probably are going to miss that. So just plow through. Just plow through it. Just <laughs> but you can it. see my eyes just went, what am I going to do? <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, um, the flavor of El Nino this year is likened, at least to me, like, like a, a bathtub full of water that's kind of sloshing back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it doesn't know where the center of the the warm waters wants to go. It it's, keeps sliding. And when you think it's sliding, oh, it's going here. No, it's going back. No, it's going back. So it's really, I don't think I've seen this like this or at, at this frequency and amp amplitude you know i don't know if it's ever but it's been a while since i've mm-hmm. seen that kind of el nino right and when you factor in that the we mentioned the atmospheric response isn't quite el nino yet you know normally you think of el nino as the jet stream coming in off the pacific and you know blasting california with with storm after storm that hasn't happened yet and you look back at other el ninos and you started seeing that already um, right. and, then, and then you end up getting that split flow, one hitting California, you know, yeah. Pacific Northwest California, and the other one, the Pineapple Express, which would come out of, uh, you know, more of the tropics and then going across Mexico, and then which would establish that southern storm track like we, um, you know, we, we've seen with past, you know, weak to moderate El Ninos. But, you know, the, the atmospheric response is is showing, yeah. but it's not where it's been in recent years. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got a lot going on with this, but we had to put things together. And as you mentioned, there are a number of parameters, other parameters that we look at. Correct. That are not in sync with your typical, even broad-based El Nino. And there are a couple of composite uh, parameters because some of them are based on several parameters based uh, or smacked into one, like the TPI. Sure. There's just several parameters smashed into one. None of them make sense. Yeah. And the one that, um, uh, you know, is called the Pacific Meridional Load, which is kind of a shorter term PDO, Pacific Decadal Oscillate. Yeah, basically, what's the pattern over the Northern Pacific? All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm grossly overly simplifying. But when you look at the, 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 the PMM, it's, uh, you know, the state that it's in. It's normally in this state in the La Nina, not in an El Nino. So mm-hmm. there's your mm-hmm. one conflicting element there. Um, you know, that, that, that was one that kind of stood out. Um, and the Indian Ocean, uh, the, uh, the IOD is also in a mode that, you know, a lot of times you see more in a La Nina. So it's like, okay, how, what's going to happen here? Um, mm-hmm. I believe the mm-hmm. IOD is positive and the Pacific and the PMM is positive. Whatever it is, it's opposite where it should be with the El Nino developing. And yes. that's the key. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, this, I, it, it, it's really interesting. You know, I wish this were more cut and dry. Um, you right. know, it's so not, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not. And, and, it, you know, well, anyway, you take it from there and then we'll go to the, the outlook. Okay. Well, uh, the way it's looking, as we mentioned on uh, the TV side, it looks like it's going to start off a little sluggish, a little slow in terms of uh, wintry weather in December. 
Will we see cold? Oh, absolutely. This is with, with the, the, the El Nino Center. If this continues going back and forth, we're going to see a lot of ups and downs, including as a result of all the, of the other conflicting parameters that are f- essentially fighting each other. Right. So a lot of variety, but probably averaging a little warmer than normal in December. And then December, or as we head into January, we will either see a gentle slope to add a below normal or a cliff drop. And really, there's no way of telling which one it'll be. But it looks like at the deeper we go into winter, the more winter-like it will become. We'll have a chance to really see some decent snowfalls. But here's the, the real problem is the storm track again. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this on Monday on Fox 8 News when I watched your recap. That storm track, boy, if it, if it takes a, a typical El Nino southern track and remains in the south, too far south, we're going to be trimming back those uh, snowfall numbers for the ninth winter in a row. Uh, of course, eighth winter in a row, that's never happened. Ninth, that'll really be something else. Right. So, again, the atmosphere does not look at statistics. So you just have to to deal with that element. Do I really think that we're going to see another really meager year of snow snowfall? I don't think so. I think we're going to be pretty close to normal. But there is that little piece of me that goes, boy, I just don't like where that storm track is going. And we have this narrow window, a 30-day window from about the 10th of January to the 10th of February that uh, we could get uh, a pretty good blow or two that'll lift us up into normal territory. And, you know, and it goes back to what we've talked about, too, about the psychology of a weather forecast. You know, it's, it's what, you know, people's perceptions right now in the last decade have changed, in, at least in northern Ohio and, and across the Great Lakes where we haven't had snow. You know, a lot of us are accustomed to, you know, snowless winters. Sure, we remember some oh, of the yeah. big ones. But right. all of a sudden, you know, I, what, yeah. I'm, what I mean by that is, you know, or let's say our average has been 35 inches in the last five years, something like that. You know, we end up with a winter that's near normal. The perception will be that, well, oh, look at all this snow. Right. And in fact, right. we're, just, we're just getting back to where we should be. Exactly, you know, and you get and you get a couple of, of of big ones there that boost that number up. You'll remember the big one, not the average. So mm-hmm. you know how that is. People don't oh, even sure. remember the Christmas snow last year. Well, maybe they do because it was around Christmas. But you know, the January February was you quickly forgot about it. So, but you're right. That window in in January February, and I know people are going to go, "Well, geez, that's always the window." True, no, not true, necessarily. But not, not necessarily. last year. Not last, last year exactly. Last- Last year was nothing. Right, right. So, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, in another, let's see, as we record this in another month, month and a half will be the telltale sign of how this El Nino is going to play out. And when that mm-hmm. happens, we'll start to see the atmospheric response really take over, you know, probably between Thanksgiving and December 15th. That's when we'll really start to see some of these pieces kind of come better in alignment. But as we, like you said, as of now, and as of this recording, uh, and as of ta- us talking here, there's still some question marks, but you know, it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here the next couple of months. That window, it's certainly a bigger window than what we've seen in recent years. 
Well, being my last winter weather outlook on Fox 8 News, I'm, I'm hoping this one works out pretty reasonably well. Right. So that uh, I can exit on a strong note. But obviously, they'll. Uh, I've got my windows open. You can probably hear the, <laughs> the sirens. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a garbage on. truck went by in my neighborhood. So don't, don't worry about it. Uh, but uh, we're hoping that uh, we can continue the conversation next year right here in Weather Jazz. Sure. Because essentially, um, the weather team will be picking up where we all left off, and it'll be interesting to kind of sit back and and relax a little more instead of sweating sweating it out every year, wondering, oh, you know, and looking at all, all of the issues and problems and nuances of, mm-hmm. of winter forecasting. Um, I always love the armchair uh, long-range forecaster. Uh, whenever I put something out on social media, mm-hmm. There's always one or two or three people that say, well, I don't think it's going to do that this year. I think it's going to be this. Right. And, uh, well, you know, it's, it's a forecast. It may turn out well. Right. But I, I would just love to ask, well, okay, what do you base that on? Right. right. And it's, you know, oh, it's just a gut feeling. Right. Well, okay. Right. You know, right. gut, gut feelings sometimes uh, should be paid attention to. Because maybe it it is reflection of something you remember seeing, but you can't quite make that right. connection. But right, uh, right, and then a lot of people say, "Well, you know, we're due for this, we're due for that." But it goes right. back to what we talked about. Well, people, most most people say that because of what they remember. Um, you know, it's a, a lot of it is to um, um, you know a little bit of recency bias and also looking for you know uh, pieces of information that might fit their preconceived belief or their belief on what had, what happened earlier and, and the drivers of that and their belief on what's coming later on. There's a lot of bias in there too, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, speak, we'll see how it works out. Speaking of bias, and uh, it, it's fun now uh, working with uh, Dante Jones and Mackenzie Bart mm-hmm. in, the, in the evenings uh, because Mackenzie is a snow lover. She loves winter, and so her Bias is for, yeah, I hope it's one of those winters right, where we right. get sun. And, of course, Dante, he loves summer. Yes. And, uh, in fact, we got him, you probably saw in the weather office, the the, the plastic uh, uh, palm tree mm-hmm. that we got him. And uh, if it were up to Dante, we'd be planting palm trees in Cleveland and saying bye-bye to snowfall. We, we got to send Dante out to do live shots of the shore way during oh. a blizzard. No, I'm just kidding. Dante, if you're listening, and, and nah, I'm sure he will, he'll go, no thanks. No, no, you no know, the, absolutely. The front yard is, is close enough. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, well, let's do this again in December when the pattern hopefully solidifies and we get a little better sense as, as to what flavor of El Nino this is. And maybe the other pattern, the, the, the other parameters will come into line and uh, start showing and indicating uh, something that is a little more reminiscent of, of an El Nino pattern. So let's have you back in December. Yeah, let's do it like a week before Christmas, somewhere in there. All right, you heard it here first. We'll have Scott back on in about a month, month and a half, and we will review 
just what the atmosphere is trying to do as we go deeper and deeper now into winter. Speaking of winter, I still have a question regarding snow fences to get to. And it is my plan to get to that question on Friday, right here on Weather Jazz. So those of you that might be considering trying to build a snow fence to make plowing a little easier going into winter, you may want to tune in. Hopefully we'll have some helpful hints for you. And I'm sure the atmosphere will, in fact, give us some time to get used to what we woke up to this morning. Eventually, we'll get into more of that wintry pattern as we talked about on today's episode. And remember, if somebody you know close to you is into winter weather forecasting, long range, or a vested interest in meteorology in the winter, like they're a snowplow driver or a bus driver, or maybe a high schooler or middle schooler whose interest includes, well, how many snow days are we going to see? Always very, very fun. Make sure you steer them to weatherjazz.com. This episode, episode number 574. It'll be up there, ready to download and listen to anytime, place, And you can always go to weatherjazz.com to listen to those episodes. The first Open Line Friday segment of the month will be in just a couple of days. We'll catch you right here, back on Weather Jazz on Friday. Weather and science across the globe.